Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Into the Blues end, you'll drive down that right wing, you'll get it out, Yamamoto scores! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Try to bring you some paradise by the dashboard lights tonight. Here's what's going on in the NHL. Hurricanes lead the Rangers 2-0 early in the second period. Also in the second, Penguins and Blue Jackets tied 2-2. Late in the first, Stars and Detroit 1-1. And the Islanders have a 2-0 lead on the Coyotes. Mayfield and Zarnick with the goals in that one. Couple more games coming up later tonight. Oilers Flames tomorrow on 6.30. Chad Furnace Family Oilers Hockey will have the face-off show for you at 6.30. The puck will drop at 8. One of my guests on the face-off show is scheduled to be former Oilers defenseman Tom Gilbert. It has been a rough, rough go for the Edmonton Oilers. You know it, of course. 2-11-2 in their last 15 games last night. Quite frankly, an excellent first period, except, oh, by the way, they couldn't score on Sergei Bobrovsky. 2-0 after 2 Three nothing about eight minutes into the third, and then Florida piles it on with three goals in the last five minutes to get the six zip victory. So the Oilers continue to struggle. This uh, two eleven and two, obviously very significant. Fifteen games. That is a big chunk of the season in which you've hardly got any points. I mean, six out of thirty. Uh, worst record in the NHL since the start of December. And uh, obviously some serious concerns here about where the Oilers are headed. I can also tell you today, Ryan Nugent Hopkins placed on long-term injured reserve. Mike Smith on injured reserve. Now, those guys have been out for a little while here. And uh, Dave Tippett did say yesterday, and this news about them going on injured reserve came out after the team had an optional practice today. And Dave Tippett and Colton Sevier and Warren Fogle spoke to the media. But uh, Tippett did say looking into next week, hopefully for Smith and Nugent Hopkins to start get practicing. So this doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be out for uh, for a long, long time because you can get put on retroactively to uh, to when you first miss games with injury. So anyway, bit of an update there. Kyle Turris goes on waivers, and Tim Soderland, who was the uh, other piece coming to Edmonton in the Duncan Keith trade. He uh, has been placed on unconditional waivers. He wants to go back to Europe. He's played some games with the Bakersfield Condors. He's played some games in the ECHL. He's been up with the Condors the last few weeks, not playing a lot. So uh, clearing waivers here, here allows him to go back to Europe. So just some housekeeping there for the Oilers today. So uh, I started thinking, man, uh, you know, we've seen some tough goes here for the Oilers. You all know what happened with the the playoff drought and other slumps along the way. So I thought, well, maybe there's some comparison that can be done here. And I thought, well, I, I don't know if I want to go back to the uh, 
well, quite frankly, back to the entire history of the organization and include the 11 nothing loss to the Hartford uh, Whalers that one season or, or back to the 90s when the Oilers kind of became a playoff bubble team and were in and out and sure had a couple of big first round upsets and I thought well do I go back to the lockout or 0506 since then I thought okay I'm going to include I'll just include the Connor McDavid years and I'll look at the worst stretch of hockey win-loss-wise, that they've had in each of those seasons. Oh, there! I, I found some rough rough ones. I found some rough ones. Which I, I knew I was going to find. There was a couple stretches I didn't remember as well as others. Uh, and, in, and in some of these, despite having a really, really bad stretch, the Oilers still made the playoffs and had at least a decent regular season. Uh, some of these also happening in years in which the Oilers were, were well out of the playoffs, such as in McDavid's rookie season in 2015-2016. They didn't have a very good team that year. They went 31-43-8. and eight. And the worst stretch was a 10-gamer from February 6th to 28th, or 25th, pardon me. They played 10 games. They went 1-8-1, and one, three out of 20 points. Now, that season... Again, McDavid was a rookie. Uh, you had uh, Talbot kind of becoming the number one goaltender. I don't think the expectations were overly high that year. And uh, th- there were other tough runs during that season. They didn't start well. They they had other droughts along the way. But that was kind of the most extended one where they couldn't even scratch out a couple of wins. So 1-8-1 and one for the Oilers in 15-16. What about 16-17? The Oilers move into Rogers' place. Remember, they start the year 7-1. and one. They finally ended the decade of darkness, getting into the playoffs for the first time since 05 and 06. But they had uh, a very subpar 16-game stretch from October 30th to November 29th. So really a month after starting the season 7-1, and one, they went 5-9-2 and two in 16 games. Now, not as bad as what they're on now but not very good to get 12 points out of 32. And uh, they did have a five-game losing streak in there in November. They eventually bounced back, uh, went 7-2-5 and five in December, and went on to eventually make the playoffs. So that was the one. And, and uh, you know, I remember that time where they started well and then some losses started to pile up. And it was, uh, well, here, here we go again. Maybe they're not that good. They're, they're going to drop off. They're going to fall out of the playoff race. They never did. They recovered, made the postseason. But still, 16 games. That's one-fifth of the season. In 16-17, the Oilers went 5-9-2. and two. Now, in 17-18, there, there's a couple tough stretches. And this was the year uh, high hopes coming out of that uh, second-round playoff loss to the Anaheim Ducks. And they'd started the season 7-1 and one in the fall of 2016. Well, in the fall of 2017, they were poor out of the gate. First 13 games, they got behind the eight ball playing catch-up. They started the year 4-8-1. and one. So there's a 13-game stretch. Now, again, as you're hearing these numbers, most of them are not going to be as bad as what they're going through now. Uh, like 4-8-1 and one in 13 games isn't good. But again, right now we're at 2-11-2 and two in 15 games. I, I mean, <laughs> I, as crazy as this sounds, if the Oilers were 4-9-2, and two, <laughs> they'd be looking a lot better in the standings. We'd still be talking about some problems on a pretty big slump. But 13 games out of the gate in 17-18, they went 4-8-1. and one. And then February 7th to 17th, six games, didn't even get a point. Lost all six of them in regulation time. The L6, and we've seen one of those this season. Uh, they finished the year 36-40-6, and six, obviously out of the playoffs. In 18-19, 
Well, they, they uh, started the season okay that year. Then from November 5th to 25th, it fell apart. A 10-game stretch. They went 2-7-1, and one, and Todd McClellan was fired at the uh, end of that stretch. And then December 16th to 31st, another L6. Six losses in a row, all in regulation time. Five of them were at home. I remember that very well. Despite that, they were kind of floating around, just hanging around in the wild card race in the middle of January, two games over 500. So, you know, you had a shot to put something together and maybe get in. And from January 19th to February 9th, now this is a bad one. This is this is comparable with what we're talking about right now. Right now. 12 games, January 19th to February 19th. They go 1-8-3, and three. five out of 24 points. Uh, pretty much killed them. I mean, that was the year we we had the turtle derby with a bunch of teams all struggling, trying to get the final playoff spot and nobody could really grab it until right near the end. But that pretty much sunk the Oilers. there, going one, eight and three over 12 games. They finished 35, 38 and nine. So Hitch is out. Dave Tippett is in 2019, 20. Pretty good start to the season. The worst run was was not good, but it didn't kill them. They went 2-7-1 and one from December 8th to 27th. I remember that one well. They came back out of the Christmas break, hosted the Calgary Flames, allowed a goal, I think 12 seconds into the game, got throttled 5-1. Then you probably remember what happened. This wasn't too long ago. Kyler Yamamoto comes up from the minors. They got a uh, huge lead. Uh, the New York Rangers, 6 nothing on New Year's Eve, hung on to win the game 7-5 with Yamo getting an empty netter to close out the goal. So that's a playoff year, and they had a 10-game stretch where they went 2-7-1. and They were 37-25-9. Of course, 82 games did not get played because that was the one uh, where the pandemic hit in March of 2020. Last season, the 56-game campaign that started in January with the North Division, all Canadian teams, their uh, poorest stretch was right out of the gate. They went 3-6. and six. First nine games, three and six, first nine games, recovered, eventually won 11 of 13 and pretty much cruised into a playoff spot then before getting swept by the Winnipeg Jets in the first round. Their final record was 35-19 and uh, 35-19 and two. So as you can see, you can survive uh, a pretty poor 10 game stretch and make the postseason. As, as we saw in 16-17, you can survive a pretty below average 16 game stretch. I mean, they went five, nine and two. That's, that's pretty poor, but they banked some points. And now this year, are they going to survive this stretch? And when doesn't, when does it end? Because we're not really going to know when it ends until maybe they put together a little run where they can win five out of seven, eight out of 12, something like that. And right now they're having trouble winning a period, let alone winning a game, 15 games, two 11 and two. They have pretty much negated they're nine and one record. They're 16 and five record. And uh, they got some catching up to do in the playoff race. Still, obviously, with a lot of games left, but it needs to start soon. Okay. So that's a breakdown. That's probably terrible memories for all of you. But uh, what do you want me to do? It's Friday night. You can have fun later. This show is all about education and remorse. <laughs> that's the slogan for the. Kellen, can we put that in flashing lights on the 630 Shed website? <laughs> Side Sports, the show about education and remorse. That's our new slogan. I may know a guy who knows a guy. <laughs> we got Halsey to put it. I'm telling you. There we I'm go. I'm telling you, you got that kid on Friday night. He He's getting he's dragging people down all the time. You're <laughs> to, I'm telling you. All right. 
Well, you can try to lift everybody's spirits at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. You're going to hear from Dave Tippett. You're going to hear from Warren Fogle. You're going to hear from Colton Sevier. We'll tee up tomorrow's game with my counterpart from the Flames Radio Network, my good friend Pat Steinberg, coming up a little bit later on. Take a timeout first. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I think we got a couple guys on hold. Please stay there. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. December 1st, the Oilers were 16 and 5. They're 2 11 and 2 since. On December 3rd, the Flames were 15 4 and 5. They're 3 7 and 1 since. Though they did beat Florida 5 1 on Tuesday night. Battle of Alberta coming up tomorrow at Rogers Place. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline and welcome Sir Robert to the show. Are you on the outdoor rink, Robert? No, I'm not. Not tonight because of the snow. I'm at home. Oh, sorry, buddy. But uh, anyway, you know what? Uh, uh, you know, last night I had a had a rather uh, interesting conversation with uh, uh, one of my buddies about the uh, uh, about the Oilers and uh, and where the team is, and uh, you know, and he said to me, kind of think, kind of thinks that you know that the Tippett uh, the Tippett has maybe maybe you know Tippett has maybe. Uh, uh, I lost the dressing room, but I, I mean, I think that's a little drastic. I don't think it's gotten that bad, but I mean, I think, you know what? I think they just were, there's still what, uh, uh, 46 games to go. I think it is. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, I mean, you know what? There, there's still time to, you know, I mean, like there's, you know, I mean, there's still time for them to, you know, Know, find their way out of this. It's not like they have to, you know, run the table the final 46 games to make the playoffs, but they do have to start winning. That being said, you know what? I think, honestly, honestly, as far as the, as far as the, as far as things like the goaltending go, I don't, I don't see, I don't see Holland attempting a move at this point until the off season, unless there's some. Uh, no, I mean, uh, no, I mean, like unless there's some like like drastic turnaround that gets them in like the top, top you know, nine or 10 in the league, which I don't think is going to happen. So I think, you know, what, uh, you know, I, I think this team, they're still in, they're still in fairly decent shape. And it was like I said to you the other night, it's, uh, you know, let's see what happens when Smith and Nuge come back and then, and then see what, see, see, see if they have a good 10 or 15 game run then. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I think, and, and there's certainly been reports that he's looking around for a goaltender. And, and now, look, as the one thing I've learned covering the NHL is that general managers, thanks, Robert, are always, or they're always looking, they're always talking. 
right? Are the, are the rumors always close to a trade being consummated? Not always, but they're always talking. That's their job. So how's this guy playing? Oh, I liked this guy a couple of years ago. He's mighty be available now. Or you look, are you looking to move this guy? You know, I could maybe play him more if he's unhappy there, all that kind of stuff that get that gets talked about. I, I, I would think Ken Holland has to be making inquiries on goaltenders. I mean, I know what he said, and I asked him the question a week and a half ago about the trade market, and he indicated it's, what did he say? He said, well, how many trades have there been this year? Of note, none. Okay, fair enough. That doesn't mean there can't be any. And I doubt he's going to telegraph making a trade in that time. And he was very, in my mind, very careful to say, I I think I got good players here. Behind the scenes, he's going to do what he wants, and he's going to do what he needs to do, and and he needs to improve the team. And I think goaltending can be a large part of that. Maybe Mike Smith is going to come back and play like he did last year. Maybe he will. But I think now there's, you got to have a lot of question marks about if and when he does come back and how long he can stay healthy and play at a high level. So I, I would, I would happen to, you know, pay attention to some of the scuttle when it comes to this, that the Oilers are probably shopping for a goaltender. The co- the, uh, the coach is obviously under fire. I, I mean, look, I I know that's kind of a a cliche that we go to a little bit where people are like, well, the coach has lost the room. The coach has lost the room. The coach has lost the room. Um, I think we have seen teams where, I mean, I mean, to me, that's that's an odd phrase to use, and I, I know it's become the kind of standard phrase that gets used. Is a coach still getting through to the players? You know, is his message still being received? Are his different tactics to coach the team, to guide the players, are they being received, or are the players just sort of no longer believing that the coach has the answers? Now, certainly when it gets this long, you have to ask that question. And well, one of the questions I've continued to ask about Dave Tippett is actually, how is he deploying players? Is he divvying up the ice time to reward depth players who are playing well and perhaps conserve a little, a little bit of energy for his top stars who I think, I mean, they look good last night. I, you know, last night the score was ugly. Um, I, I didn't think the, uh, I, I don't question the effort until it was three, nothing. And then I think they sagged because I think it got to be, here we go again. And Oh my God, we're, we're down again and we're going to lose another one. And obviously the last five minutes were completely deflating. Here's what I think. Um, I I've never gotten the sense that the players disrespect Dave Tippett, that they're tuning him out. I do think there might be a point that, that Ken Holland will just have to do something with the coach to shake it up. And that tends to, you tend to often get a little bit of a bounce when when a coach goes. It often doesn't last the entire season. I I would say this, though, just to anybody who thinks Dave Tippett has lost the room. If he had lost the room, I don't think they come out with that energy and determination in the first period last night. And even against Ottawa, I'm not saying they played great, but the first two periods, I mean, they had the lead. They did enough They did enough to have the lead, even though they got scored on first. You know, I think they had a pretty good first period. You know, when we saw Vancouver earlier this season, they were pretty much getting trounced the last few games under uh, under Travis Green. So that that's how I look at that. I, I mean, if you have other evidence or 
or points to the contrary, you're welcome to present them at 780-496-0063. That's how I look at the lose the room accusation. Um, though, look, when the record is this poor over this stretch, I, I think there's things you can bring up about coaching as well. And, and again, I have my take about some of the ice time. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.